0: Hey everybody, welcome back to this second episode of my reply brief to the Prosecutor's Podcast coverage of the Syed case. Today, we're going to be covering their episode that they just titled Part 2. In this episode, they're going through the timeline leading up to the day of the murder. Now, before I get into this stuff, I had mentioned in last week's episode that I was curious where their sources were coming from. Because in some instances, they cite their source and they'll quote it directly. Other times, they'll just say something in passing. I had said that I wondered if they actually were going through the entire case file or if they were working off of like Reddit posts because it seemed odd that they weren't citing a lot of their sources. This week, I think I'm pretty sure that their main sources are the Serial Podcast and Reddit. Now, when I say that, I'm not saying that they just like read somebody's Reddit post. But on their website where they cite the documents and give links to all the sources for their material, one of the top links they have on that list is a Reddit post where someone had gone through and created a timeline. It is an incredibly detailed timeline that links to a lot of sources to confirm where they got their information. So first of all, I want to say that I'm not claiming that they like plagiarized this, they did, on their website, cite this source. But it does give us a little insight as to how they came up with a lot of this stuff and why they don't give sources or source material for certain events that they talk about in the timeline. Now, on this timeline, which I will put a link to in the description of this episode, the user who created this long multi-page timeline has links in there to sources. And that's why I think that literally when they went through this timeline, they almost exclusively, at least the way it looks to me, just went right through this timeline. And I say that because in many instances, they're literally saying word for word verbatim what it says on this timeline. When they cite a source, usually it's a place where the Reddit user had cited a source, and they could link to it. So that explains a lot. It explains why they didn't go so into detail. Last week, I mentioned Coach Sai and track, where they just said later Coach Sai says track starts at 4, and they were quoting what he said at the second trial, where he said he thought track practice started at approximately 4 o'clock. I'm dying to dig into that, by the way. Uh, but i'm I'm going to be patient and wait until the episode where they really talk about track practice. But they're, you know, they're they're citing the source where the the Reddit poster used that source to support their timeline without digging deeper into the actual interview. And there's another pretty huge instance of that uh, coming up here in this episode. So I just wanted to point that out that it looks like that's where the source comes from. Uh, that is where the majority of the source material comes from, at least for this timeline. I will link that Reddit post in the description of this episode if you want to go through and read it and link to all the sources and look for stuff for yourself. And, of course, they opine about things along the way. They're not, like, reading verbatim this thing. But the elements of the timeline seem to line up with that post that they put up on their website. Uh, And I, I first found that because, you know, they're going through mostly Hayes' Diary. And so I pulled up Hay's diary and was following through, and I was like, where are they getting these dates? You know, Hay didn't have an entry on that date. Another thing is that the way, and and I don't know if this is intentional or if it's by accident, but you definitely, if you listen to part two of the Prosecutor's Podcast, you're going to notice that you get the feeling, you get the impression that All of this are lots of things come directly from Hay when they don't. And they do that because they'll say, on this date, Hay wrote in her diary, dot, 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 whatever the thing is. And then they'll go to the next date and say, this happened. Go to the next date and say, this happened. They'll go to the next date and say, this happened. This is what Hay wrote in her diary. And so it leaves you sort of feeling like, and I think this is where a lot of the confusion comes in. And again, as I said last week, I, I can tell from, from Twitter or X or whatever it's called now that people who already thought Ednan was guilty are feeling very validated by this. They're feeling very bold about this. They are they are tweeting at me. They are they're just going on the offensive against everybody who ever said that Adnan is innocent. But then there's also those people who either already thought he was innocent or were kind of on the fence who are displaying, at least to me in messages they're sending to me, a lot of confusion. And I think this is part of the reason why. It's because it seems like all these things absolutely happened and they came directly out of Hayes' Diary, when in fact, a lot of them don't. Now, that being said, we're going to move right into the timeline as they presented it. The first part of it, I'm going to breeze through pretty quickly. I'll say that For the first, I don't know, 50 minutes of this episode, I really didn't have any issues. There's a few things that I'll point out where things aren't maybe entirely accurate, but they're pretty close, and uh, they do a pretty good job of just laying out facts. It's the last 10 minutes of this episode where I have some issues about sources being cited and about assertions being made, but we'll get into that when we get there. I'm going to try to buzz through the first part as quickly as possible. So, the timeline. Last week. They left off with Hay writing in her diary that she was going to break up with Adnan on August 27th and 98. Uh, she said she's tired of lying. She feels like she's losing herself. She's lying to her family about Adnan, and Adnan has to lie to his family about her. But that doesn't last very long. Now, the way they put it is that Hay breaks up with him, and they get back together. But And that's one kind of inaccuracy, at least the way I took the way they were presenting it. The fact is, if you read through Hay's diary, it sounds like they didn't actually break up. It sounds like she had decided she was going to break up with him. She talked to him. He talked to her that night. They 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 spoke on the phone, and they decided not to break up. And we see that pretty quickly. She she's changed her mind. So August twenty seventh, she's going to break up with him. Uh, in her September second diary entry, she says, "I love my baby," and she's super excited in this entry. She says that she has her she has a license now. She's about to get a car. She's pretty excited to go search for a job. She's just excited about life in general. She and Adnan are very clearly back together. She's happy. And she refers to Adnan four times in this post as my baby, which will possibly become uh, important later. But we'll get into that in a little bit. And this is where, so they're going through Hayes Diary on September 2nd. And then September 21st, they say Adnan starts his job as an EMT, uh, which is true. But that doesn't come from Hayes Diary. That is, there's some source material cited in the Reddit post for that. On the 30th, Hay writes that Adnan's thinking about moving out of his house because he's not getting along with his mom, and he but he doesn't want to leave because his dad is sick. And Brett points out here that Adnan was under great stress because of his relationship with Hay. And he does a pretty good job of being pretty neutral at this point and, and, and really unbiased. He says that there's really two sides here. Some people say that, Adnan killed Hay because he sacrificed so much, including his religion and his relationship with his family, and then she breaks up with him. And then the other side says that he actually really wasn't that religious, and because of that, he was on the outs with his family. But either way, it was stressful. And Alice comes in and talks about how this type of what she calls a double life is not unique to Adnan. She says that a lot of people have to act a certain way with family and a different way with friends. So they're really doing a good job of of not pushing anybody to either side or either camp at this point. Uh, and and Alice also points out that Hay's dealing with a lot of stress here too. She realizes that some of Adnan's conflicts comes from his relationship with her, and that's stressful. As we move through the timeline, we jump up to October fifteenth. That's when Don starts working at Lens Crafters, and then on October twenty fourth, that's when Hay starts working at Lens Crafters. Now, here's where they get a few things, I think, mixed up based on what I was finding in all the case materials. But on October 30th, Adnan hears a sermon at the mosque that seems to have been directed directly at him about he and Hayes' relationship. Now, that's a Friday night. Now, Brett and Alice then say that also on that same night is when the homecoming dance occurred, but actually it was the next day. And it's not really a big deal. I'll get into it more here in a few seconds. Uh, but just to be clear, Friday night was the sermon at the mosque, and then October 31st was a Saturday. It's also Halloween. That's when the homecoming dance happened. And that's when Adnan's mom showed up and, they say, caused a scene. And here, Brett now's talk a lot about uh, kind of the aftermath of that, how most of Adnan's friends had said that Adnan had told them they kind of laughed about it. It was no big deal. We heard on Serial Adnan saying, yeah, it really wasn't that big deal. It was kind of funny. So here Brent and Alice kind of opine about how even though he says it's no big deal, really it was. Of course he's going to laugh it off to his friends because what else is he going to do? And then they, they stress that it was incredibly embarrassing and in so much of a scene that the principal had to step in. The thing is, if you look at the source material and you look at the interviews with Principal Woodley, it doesn't sound like Adnan's parents made a scene at all. He says that they waited outside for Adnan during the dance. Eventually, they go in and walked around the gym looking for him, and they asked about him. And then once they found him, they went outside with him. Hay came out also, and they were all talking. And that's where the principal stepped in and, quote, went over and told them, I can't allow them to talk to her. I sent Hay back into the dance and left Adnan with his parents, end quote. Now, to be fair, This making a huge scene isn't just mischaracterized by Brett and Alice. In my opinion, it's been mischaracterized by everyone. In fact, the Reddit post that they cite as their source on their website also titles this event as Adnan's parents make a scene at the homecoming dance. So I don't fault Brett and Alice for their take here, and maybe I'm wrong, but starting with Serial, this incident was described as this huge public scene but in fact, the way I read it, Adnan's parents quietly came in, found Adnan, and stepped outside to talk to him privately. And there are other witnesses that say they weren't yelling or anything; they were just talking, and it was outside. There's there's witnesses like uh, Debbie Warren, who was interviewed later, who was asked about it, and she was at the dance and she didn't even see it happen. She just talked to Hay and Adnan about it later, but she didn't even realize it was going on, and she was at the dance. So I don't think it was the scene that everybody made it out to be. So after that, Adnan rides his bike back to the dance, and then there was supposed to be a trip to Adventure World with a bunch of the friends on the 31st after the dance. And like I said, when you hear their episode, the timeline seems a little wonky because they say it's like at night that they have this sermon, and then that same night is when the homecoming dance is, and then the next day they were supposed to go to this this outing, this, this festival, whatever it is, at Adventure World. And Adnan ends up canceling. He had bought tickets for him and Hay to go, and then he ends up canceling. So just for context, it seems like Adnan just didn't feel up to going out after the debacle at the dance, or he didn't want to push his luck with his parents. Those two events happened on the same day. The next day, November 1st, is when Hay actually breaks up with Adnan. They'll refer to this as the second breakup. It was actually the first one back in august she was going to break up with him they talked it out and they decided not to break up but on november 1st hay decides to actually break up with adnan and the next day on the second which would be the monday she writes a note to adnan this is the letter where she's pretty much telling adnan off for not accepting the breakup she says it's not between them but more about the things around them like their parents and all those issues and the lies It seems like from this letter that Adnan is trying to talk Hay out of breaking up, and she's just not having it. She says she does not want him to have any hope that they'll get back together. This is also the day we heard about on Serial and Undisclosed, where Adnan visits Hope Schaub, who was a teacher, and asks about relationships from different religions. Later that day is when Adnan is passing notes back and forth with Aisha, and this is the I'm-going-to-kill note that was used at trial. They're passing... A note back and forth, so it's it's on Hayes' breakup note, or it's not really the breakup note; it's the note after they broke up, where Hayes telling Adnan to stop trying to save the relationship because she's just not interested in it. Later, in I believe it's health class, Aisha and Adnan are sitting together in class, and they're on the back of that note. They're writing notes to each other back and forth. Now, Aisha testified at trial, which was about eighteen months later. That where Adnan had wrote, "I'm going to kill." That that was not on the note back in November of '98. At least, not that she remembers when they were passing the notes back and forth. Now, Brett and Alice don't put a lot of weight into the note, and I don't think most people do. Uh, you know, the, the way it was presented at trial was that Adnan must have dug that note up, you know, all those months later from that November breakup in January. And just decided to write in the same pen, in the same handwriting, with the same color, in the string of notes back and forth with Aisha, I'm going to kill. And then just leave it in his room. Something like out of a movie. But like I said, I don't put much weight into that. Uh, in the note, they're, they're talking about abortion. They're talking about pregnancy scares. It seems like it could fit in context with the conversation. It just seems unlikely that he would pull that out grab another blue pen that matches the other blue pen and write this I'm going to kill before he decides to kill her and Brett and Alice seem to agree neither of them seem to put a whole lot of weight into that note with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom Now, that breakup doesn't last very long either. On November 3rd, which is just the next day, Hay writes in her diary that she still loves Adnan and that we don't see any diary entries for about a month. But when she comes back in, Hay and Adnan are back together. On December 3rd, her diary entry, she says that she's just so in love with him and she just couldn't be happier. On the 6th of December is when Hay writes about Don. That's the entry that you hear, it was read on Serial, where she says, What's the matter with me? I love Adnan, but I can't stop thinking about Don. She also writes Don's phone number in that entry. And then between the 6th of December and the 21st of December, all the entries are Hay talking about being conflicted about her love for Adnan and her interest in Don. Now, a good source for this, if you really want to dig deeply into this diary, is to go back to my season one and listen to the episode titled Conflicted. I do a full analysis of every word that Hay wrote in that diary, uh, and it goes through all those entries between the 6th and the 21st. But for the purposes of this, just know that during those days, those couple of weeks, there's a lot of I love Adnan, but I'm interested in Don. I keep thinking about Don and, uh, and having a physical relationship with him. Why am I doing this? I love Adnan, stuff like that. Finally then, on the 21st, Hay writes a note to Adnan. Now this is actually the second breakup, which they'll refer to as the third breakup. She writes that note to Adnan telling him that there's someone else and she's breaking up with him. They point out here that on that same day, there's a call from Bilal's cell phone to Aisha. And then on the next day, there's a call from Bilal's cell phone to Adnan's landline. They start laying some groundwork here. About Bilal, we'll hear here in a few minutes, and you probably all remember this, that Adnan's cell phone was on Bilal's account. Adnan bought his phone, Bilal put it on his account, so his parents wouldn't know about it. They mentioned later that uh, Bilal had several cell phones, Bilal has his own troubles with the law, and um, they're they're kind of laying some groundwork here because they they seem to want to make the case later that maybe there was a lot more Phone activity with Adnan that we don't know about because Bilal had several cell phones and maybe Adnan was using Bilal's cell phone, a different one other than the one we have the records for, and that might fill in some gaps along the way. Like maybe Adnan had that cell phone on the day of the murder. Maybe there was two cell phones, uh, and and I'm just giving a little foreshadowing that that's coming later, and I think that's why they're citing here that there's this call from Bilal's cell phone to Aisha, saying that, you know, why would Bilal call Aisha? That was probably Adnan. Uh, and, of course, there's a lot of different circumstances that that could surround that. But for the sake of right now, just know that that's in there. Now, on the 23rd of December, so this is a couple days before Christmas, that's when Hay has a car accident. She slides on some ice and and bangs up her car. And that day, even though they're broken up, they'd broken up a couple days earlier, she calls Adnan to pick her up, and he picks her up at Lenscrafters, and he drives her home. The next day, Adnan and Don look at the car together and decide that Hay shouldn't drive it. Now they talk about a lot of other uh, friends of Adnan's and Hayes who have made statements to police about all this and things that Adnan has said. And it seems like they're definitely broken up at this point, and it seems like they're okay with that. Uh, I mean, it, it's hard to argue. I mean. They didn't get back together. When Hayes got in her car accident, she still calls Adnan, even though they had broken up. And then uh, at Christmas, a couple days later, uh, Hay gives Adnan a nice leather jacket for Christmas, and he gives her a framed picture of the two of them. So they're broken up, but they're still very much a part of each other's lives at this point. Then we jump to New Year's Eve, and this is when Hay gives Adnan a ride to Sears to pick up his car that's being repaired. Later that night is when Adnan meets Nisha at a New Year's Eve party, and they start dating slash talking. They actually don't see each other in person a whole lot over the next 13 days. I think they, they hang out together in person at one other party. And again, we're talking about actually this. They met on you know the 31st going into January 1st, and uh, the murder was on the 13th. So we're talking about 12 days here, 11 days for the day before. They saw each other one other time. She lived in a different city, uh, but they talk on the phone for hours and hours and hours. Now, on that day on New Year's Eve, after Hay dropped Adnan off to get his car, she then goes to the mall to see Don, and that's the day that she says that she agrees to go on their first real date the next day, which is New Year's Day. The next day, they go out to dinner, and Hay writes about it in her diary. It was a great date. She really likes Don a lot. Don did not kiss her on that date, she notes. Now here, Brett and Alice jumped to January 5th, and they speculate that this was probably the day that Adnan learned that Hay was dating someone else because this is when school was back in session after Christmas break. And I honestly don't understand this take. When they were covering the breakup on December 21st, they cite the breakup note and the interview with Adnan's friend, Juan. In both instances, it's made very clear that Hay is breaking up with Adnan because she wants to be with someone else. That was never a secret. She told him the reason she was breaking up with him was because there was someone else. Don is the reason for the breakup. And Hay is 100% honest about that. Now, I will say that Adnan may not have known that Don specifically was the other guy, but he absolutely knew there was, in fact, another guy. They circle back to this on several occasions later, and we'll get into those details when we get there, but it seems to me that Adnan absolutely knew that, hey, liked someone else, and it's up for debate if and when he knew that that someone else was in fact Don. The major point that Brett and Alice are making is that they believe Adnan knew Don was the guy on January 5th, and we'll get into why that's important to them here in just a little bit. But other than just a couple of those little things, I'm on board with this episode up to this point. They're basically using the Reddit post that I mentioned, which is well-sourced and cited, to walk through the timeline. Here, however, is when they start to speculate. When they get to January 5th, they list out all the things that people believe happened on the day he went missing, January 13th, that they think actually happened on January 5th. And you'll see here in a minute, there's very good reasons for that. I'm going to tell you right now, as we go through this, This case, as far as whether Adnan did this or not, is not complicated. It's actually very simple. There's some huge hurdles that anyone has to get past. There's some major mental gymnastics you have to get past to believe that it was even possible for Adnan to have anything to do with Hayes' death. And it seems to me that they know that. And they are laying groundwork early. We heard last week. Remember, they said track doesn't start till four. Then they also said that Adnan left track practice at four, which is super weird. They're confusing the timeline in those few minutes right after school, like between when school got out and four o'clock. There's there's all sorts of hoops they're jumping through. There's a lot of misdirection that they're putting out there because that's the critical part that we need to know. If Adnan never left the school. Then, obviously, Ednan didn't kill Hay. So let's go through these things that they say people have said happened on January 13th that they believe are basically proven actually happened on the 5th. Everybody has the dates wrong. The first is Hay's news interview with the police where she's seen wearing her field hockey uniform. She was like student athlete of the week. And this has pretty much been proven that it did happen on January 5th. There are records showing that the news was at the school on January 5th filming, and we know Hay was filmed in the 10 o'clock hour, and she was missing from her class at that time. So I agree, and I think it was already established that that interview did not happen on the 13th. It happened on the 5th. The reason people thought it happened on the 13th is a couple of the school administrators, after her body was found, which is over a month after this interview took place, Some of the school administrators, or at least one of them, thought it happened on the 13th, and it's just kind of one of those games of telephone. Once they say it happened on the 13th, everybody was saying it happened on the 13th. So that's one thing. The interview did not happen on the 13th. It happened on the 5th. They point that out. I think that's already been proven. I 100% agree with that. But then we get into Debbie Warren, who says that on the day Hay was killed, she, around 245, saw Adnan and talked to him in the guidance counselor's office, and then she saw, sometime after that, hey, out in the lobby of the school. Now, they say that this is where she also says that she was going to see Don, but I reread her interview transcript, and I don't see it in there that she, she did talk about Don, but she didn't say specifically she was going to see Don. We're going to get into all this in-depth in here in a little bit, and more so in another episode. The thing is, though, this is a witness statement that without a doubt has to be on the wrong day for Adnan to be guilty. So, of course, they lean into it. If Adnan is still at the guidance counselor's office at 2.45, she leaves him and then sees Hay out at the lobby getting ready to leave without Adnan at 3 o'clock, there's no way that Adnan is making the come-and-get-me call to Jay at 3.15. So, Debbie has to have the wrong day for there to be a possibility for Adnan to be guilty. They point out that Debbie says that she had that conversation as late as 3 o'clock, and Brett points out that if it was 3 o'clock, then that puts Hay still at the school after Adnan allegedly saw Asia McClain in the library. So they're also taking a jab at the Asia McClain alibi. Even if Asia says that she saw Adnan up till 2.40 at the library, that doesn't mean anything. Because Hay was still at the school until three o'clock, the problem is if you put everything they're saying together, that's when things don't work out. So, sure, if Hay's still there at three o'clock, then Adnan could have connected with Hay after he left the library, but nobody saw Adnan with Hay after that. He's at the guidance counselor's office. He's talking about track practice. He has his track clothes. Everything indicates he's about to go to track. Hayes in a different location at 3 o'clock. And even if track doesn't start until 4 o'clock, you now have Hayes still at the school at 3. Somehow, 15 minutes later, he's already made the come and get me call. Jay has to drive from Jen's house to get to him. There's the trunk pop. Then they drive Hayes' car somewhere else, drop it off. And somehow, he's at practice stretching at the beginning of practice. At the latest, if their time is right, by 4 o'clock, which is still a conflict. But again, we'll get into all of that later. So the next thing that they point out that is said to have happened on the 13th, but actually they say happened on the 5th, is from Inez Butler's statement. Inez Butler is the one who said that, hey, stopped by the gym after school around 3 o'clock, and she grabbed her hot fries and her apple juice. She had a habit of doing that. That she would, right before she'd go pick up her cousin, she'd roll in, quick grab her snack, and get out of there. So Inez says that Hay stopped by the gym to get her hot fries and told her that she had something to do but to tell the bus not to leave without her. The bus was going to the wrestling match. But as we know, there was no wrestling match that day, so this one can also be written off as the wrong day, as they say it. And here then they bring up the letter that was found in Hay's car written to Don that says, Hey cutie, sorry I couldn't stay and it says that she has a wrestling match at Randallstown, and it also mentions the TV interview that day. Now, we know for a fact that the Randallstown wrestling match was actually on January 5th, and we know that the interview was also on January 5th. So, Brett and Alice say that this note ties everything together, and this is where I take issue. They slide Debbie's statement in with the TV interview and the wrestling match and Inez Butler's statement. Now, there's pretty convincing evidence that the latter three events all occurred on the 5th. I don't have any qualms with that analysis, at least for now. But there's no evidence that Debbie has the wrong day. Now, maybe she does, but that's literally just a shot in the dark. I had to listen to this section several times to parse out what was happening because everything bleeds together and ends with everyone got the day wrong, as though all of those events are tied together as the same event. But here's how I see it. There's an error carried through here that doesn't involve Debbie at all. Inez testifies that Hay was headed to the Randallstown wrestling match that day. It's then accepted as fact that the wrestling match was the 13th. Since the note to Don references both the wrestling match and the TV interview happening on the same day, well then, the TV interview must have also happened on the 13th. And since the note to Don was found in Hay's car, it's then assumed that she pre-wrote the note and was killed before she ever saw Don and got to leave the note. Sarah Koenig sold this narrative to millions of people in 2014, but thankfully undisclosed did five minutes of research and corrected the error. But here's the thing. Debbie has nothing to do with any of that. I can say with certainty that Debbie wasn't talking about events on January 5th, because she said in her statement that after school, She went to the guidance counselor's office and she saw Adnan there, probably around 2.45, she says. Which, by the way, we'll get into this deeper later, does not conflict with Asia saying she saw Adnan in the library until around 2.40. But in any case, Debbie says that she sees Adnan in the guidance counselor's office around 2.45. He has his track clothes with him in a duffel bag, and they talk about him going to practice after he's done at the counselor's office. Now, there are two important facts that aren't addressed in the prosecutor's podcast. One, there was no track practice on January 5th, period. So Debbie could not be talking about the 5th. And two, in evidence, is the college recommendation letter that Adnan picked up at the guidance office on January 13th. The counselor later testified that she didn't pre- or post-date those letters. The 13th is the day she wrote it and the day Adnan picked it up. So there's evidence supporting Adnan being in the guidance counselor's office. Now, Debbie goes on to say that she ran into Hay in the lobby of the school, not the gym. Brett and Alice say that this interaction with Debbie happened in the gym, which nicely ties it together with Inez Butler statement, who was also outside the gym. But it wasn't the gym. She says it was in the lobby. She said that Hay, Takera and herself were talking at around 3 p.m., after she saw Adnan in the guidance office and she had that conversation in the school library. She says that Takara asked Hay for a ride and Hay said she couldn't because she had to pick up her cousin. Now, the only thing that could possibly connect Debbie's statement to Inez's statement is the fact that Debbie mentions a bus. But that part of her statement is confusing almost to the point of nonsensical. I'll quote it directly to you so you can see what I mean. Debbie says, quote, That day, we talked in um, the lobby area of the school um, with someone else, and um, she was on her way to go somewhere else to pick up her cousin, because there was a game that day, either wrestling or basketball, but she was going to the junior, um, I think it was at another school, not at Woodlawn, end quote. So there's the confusing part. To be fair to Brett and Alice, she does mention the bus, but she says Hay has to leave because she has to pick up her cousin because of a bus to a sporting event, which has no bearing on picking up her cousin, which he does at the same time every day. Now we're going to get much deeper into all of this in another episode, but for now, just know that Debbie did not see Adnan in the guidance office with his track gear ready to go to track practice on January 5th because there was no track practice on January 5th. But quickly here, and this is the big one, I want to circle back to Inez Butler. Just like they did with Coach Psy, Brett and Alice only mentioned Inez's trial testimony from a year later. But I think it's incredibly, critically important to hear what she told police in her first interview way back at the time all of this was going on. She said that on January 13th, Hay pulled up to get her apple juice and hot fries. She remembers that day specifically because hay was wearing a skirt that inez thought was too short and by the way hay's body was found with her wearing a short skirt she says that i'll quote directly from the police notes quote we fuss told her to go home and change clothes end quote so there's a pretty good indication that inez does have the right day but then there's that pesky wrestling match that we know didn't happen on the 13th so we're able to completely negate Butler's statement, right? Wrong. Inez Butler didn't say a word about a wrestling match in her police interview. This is what she actually said back at the time all of this was happening quote, We fuss, told her to go home and change clothes. She said she had to pick cousin up before she could go to work. End quote. In case you don't remember, Another reason that we know there wasn't a wrestling match that day is because Hay was scheduled to work at Lenscrafters. So Brett and Alice do a pretty good job of convincing their listeners that both Inez and Debbie obviously were talking about January fifth, and therefore their extremely exculpatory statements can't be ignored. And Inez Butler's statement, is pretty damn exculpatory. Just Hay, not Hay at none. Hay pulls up, gets out. Wearing a short skirt, grabs her snacks. Inez tells her she thinks her skirt's too short, and Hay says that she has to go pick up her cousin before going to work. Everything about that statement indicates Hay was leaving that school alone, but it gets tossed out because a year later at trial, she said this thing about the wrestling match that she never said anything about back in the beginning. The fact is, Debbie literally could not have been talking about the 5th. Everything she said along with the letter of recommendation strongly indicates that she was talking about January 13th, just like she thought she was. And in Butler's first police interview, she absolutely has the right day. She accurately described what Hay was wearing, which wasn't generally known to the public. She has a strong anchor because they actually had a conversation about Hay's skirt. It wasn't just another day. There was a specific conversation that day that she had with her and she accurately describes hayes actual plans for that day pick up her cousin and go to work not a wrestling match mm-hmm. The episode ends with what is presented as proof positive that Adnan knew Don was Hay's boyfriend before the murder They make a pretty big deal about it throughout this entire series, which is why I'm bringing it up again. Because according to the police notes, when Adnan talked to Detective O'Shea, he said that he didn't know Don was Hay's boyfriend Truthfully, I don't really care either way but it's a little irritating to me how they frame their proof that Adnan was lying. On January 9th, Hay updated her AOL instant messenger profile. She included the fact that she's a full-time girlfriend to Don. Brett and Allison go on and on about how this is how they know for sure that Adnan knew about Don. Because your AIM profile was, quote, meant to be a billboard, and everyone would have seen it. They double down on this in another episode as well. So here's the thing. I think it's pretty obvious that Ednan at least knew Hay had a boyfriend. Clearly he did. He probably knew it was Don, but I don't know that for sure. And he could have known that for any litany of other reasons, like the fact that he went and got Hay's car with Don. So there's all these other reasons that maybe that's the case, but this isn't one of them, and this is the one they keep highlighting. And this is why I don't like the certainty in the way that they're presenting it. First of all, Did Adnan have an AIM account or use it? I don't know, and neither do they. Secondly, your AIM profile was not the billboard that they describe it as. At least not the way I remember it. I'm two years older than Adnan and Hay. I was using AIM in 1999, and it wasn't at all like the social media of today. And maybe this is just my experience, so correct me if I'm wrong. But the only reason I would ever look at someone's profile is if I didn't know them. The people that I regularly chatted with, like people from my school, I only looked to see if they were online. I had no reason to go look at their profile because I already knew them. I don't know, maybe I was using it wrong, but just from an evidentiary standpoint. And again, I'm I'm pointing this out not because I think whether or not Adnan knew about Don is a big deal. I'm pointing it out because you need to understand the way they're operating, the way they've organized, and they're presenting this case to you. Because we get into much more important stuff later. So here, again, from an evidentiary standpoint, they have no proof or evidence that Adnan used AOL Instant Messenger or even had an account. And they failed to provide any evidence that anyone told Adnan about Hay changing her profile. And without any of that evidence, they do their sort of typical thing where they laugh about how ridiculous it is for anyone to think that Adnan wouldn't have saw that. Brett says Adnan absolutely would have known because of this AOL instant messenger profile change. And that's what I don't like. I don't like that methodology because I've seen the result of it. They're almost done with, by the time you hear this, I think their final episode on the series, which is part 14, will be out. And I'm seeing the feedback from social media about it already. And they've been using this format and this method to convince people that they're right. And again, that's why I'm pointing it out. Because in this instance, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Proving that Anand lied about knowing about Don does not prove that he murdered Hay. But you're going to see a lot more of this in times when it does matter. They're very good about presenting things as if it is so obvious that they're right that you would have to be an idiot not to see it, when in fact there's zero substance behind the claim. Now, moving on, we go into January 11th. That's when Adnan gets his phone. On the 12th is when he activates his phone on Bilal's account. And now here's a big fundamental problem I have with how Brett and Alice are presenting the facts of this case. If you listen closely, you'll notice that they cite a source, like Hayes Diary. They'll share something that she wrote and then move on to the next bullet point, which is presented as fact, not as a possibility. And then they'll cite Hayes Diary again for the next bullet point. And the effect is that if you're not actually looking at the source material, it sounds like the source for all of it is Hay's diary. So here's an example. They state as fact that on the 12th, Hay goes to Don's house. She gets home around 1130. She wanted to skip school the next day so that she could spend the day with Don, but he talked her out of it and said that he had to work the next day anyway. So Hay and Don then make plans to see each other when Hay gets off work at 10 p.m. the next day, the day that Hay was killed. I don't have any issue with them sharing that information, obviously. But it should be presented in context. Hay never said that's what happened. Now, if you're just listening to it, at least for me, you get the impression that this information comes from Hay. But Hay never wrote about that. That information came from Don himself. He is the one that told that story. And if you remember correctly, in his first interview, he didn't even mention that he had to work that day at all. But eventually, he gives this story, and it's presented as fact. And Maybe I'm splitting hairs here. But if you're trying to put out facts for your audience to work with, a simple "according to Don" would suffice, rather than just stating it as something that we all know happened. Because we don't know what happened; we only know that that's what Don said happened. And then right after that, they read Hayes' last diary entry, where Hayes says, "I love you, Don. I think I have found my soulmate. I love you so much. I fell in love with you the moment I opened my eyes to see you in the break room for the first time." And again, at least to me, and maybe it's just me. I get the impression that Hay wrote all of that. That she wrote about the trip to Don's, about wanting to skip school, about him having to work, and that she loves him so much and she fell in love with him the moment they met in the break room. But those aren't tied together. One is what Hay said, that she documented her diary. The other one is something just that Don said. Now, Brett says that the, I fell in love with you the moment I opened my eyes to see you in the break room for the first time is the last thing that Hay writes in his diary the night before she was killed. I'm not sure about that. On the page opposite the last page, so if the diary's open, both of these pages are facing you, on that page, the one that's opposite, is the page where Hay wrote Don 127 times. But also on that page is Adnan's new phone number. Adnan had called Hay that night around 11.30 p.m., and she wrote down his new number. And after the 127 dons, she wrote, I miss you, baby. Now, if you remember, like I mentioned earlier, way back in season one, I did that episode titled Conflicted. In that episode, I break down every page of Hayes Diary. And something I noticed that was throughout the entire diary is that she refers to one and only one person over and over again as her baby. Now, this is just my speculation, but I've often wondered if I miss you, baby was referring to Adnan and not Don since she also wrote his phone number on the page that night, and she had talked to him that night. Also, when you consider what we hear from her friends, who all say that she was upset and distracted the next day at school. In any case, that's where they end things, and that's where I'm going to wrap up for this week. But one last thing that I do want to point out quickly before we move on to the day of the murder next week is something that was mentioned kind of in passing in this episode by Brett, but will become much more important later. When going through the timeline, Brett mentions that on the night before the murders, we see on the phone record that Adnan called Jay. Now, that is true. But what he doesn't mention is the duration of that call. Up to the point that I've listened, which is all the way up till the last two episodes, they've never mentioned the duration. And maybe they do in these last two episodes. And that's incredibly unfortunate because it's very important. On the night before the murders, Ednan did call Jay, and the duration of that call was 18 seconds. Now, billing begins as soon as the phone starts ringing. We learned that in some of our other cases. Now, the rule of thumb, as we've been taught, is that you can account for five seconds per ring. Anything under a 30-second duration on an outgoing call was most likely not an answered call. So at best, Jay answered the phone the very second Adnan pressed send, and they spoke for 18 seconds. In the real world, they never spoke at all. The phone rang three times, and Adnan hung up. So remember that as we move forward, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Truth and Justice is an NBI Studios production. All music for the show is created and composed by Shane Yoder at PutThemInASong.com. The font you see on all of our logos and banners were created by Tate Krupa of Red Swan Graphic Design. Katie Ross of CreatedInTandem.com Design Created manages and maintains our website, Truth and Justice Pod, where you can view all photos and documents discussed in every episode. Thank you to our volunteer transcription team, Pamela Westby, Kathy McAlaney, Courtney Wimberley, Erica Cantor, Melissa Cardenas, Kay yomnick and Danielle Rohr. And as always, thank you to all of you for your engagement and your support. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that in a number of ways. The number one way for you to support our work is to become a patron at patreon.com slash truthandjustice. If you join our Patreon, not only will you be financially supporting our work, but you'll also get something for your pledge. For just $5 per month, you'll get all episodes ad-free and also a video version of the Friday follow-ups that include an hour-long pre-show chat exclusive to our patrons. Other levels will get you a Truth and Justice Army t-shirt, Truth and Justice hats, and even the opportunity to co-host a Friday follow-up episode. Just go to patreon.com truthandjustice to sign up. You can also help us out by going to iTunes and leaving us a five-star rating and review. It doesn't cost you a penny and it goes a long way towards making the show more visible. If you have a case that you'd like us to consider covering, you can submit your cases on our website, truthandjusticepod.com. Just click on the case submission button and fill out the form. And the most important thing that you can do is engage in our investigations. You can keep in touch with us through our email at theories at truthandjusticepod.com. You can like our Facebook page, follow us on Instagram, or join in on the conversation on the Truth and Justice Podcast fans page for all of you tweeters out there, you can connect with us on Twitter at TruthJusticePod, and I can be found on social media at Bob Ruff Truth. However you do it, stay engaged, stay in touch. But as for now, I'm signing off. I'm Bob Ruff, and this has been Truth and Justice.